Welcome to the Cove's Body, Mind and Soul series. In this episode, we will be discussing spiritual well-being. Our guest speaker for this episode is Chaplain Dan Hines. Senior Chaplain Dan Hines has been a serving Commonwealth Navy officer for over 40 years. Born in Ontario, Canada, he began his naval career in the Royal Canadian Navy as a seaman officer, serving on board destroyer escorts sailing from either Halifax into the Atlantic or Esquimalt into the Pacific. After 14 years there, involving various NATO, UN and overseas deployments, he laterally transferred to the Royal Australian Navy. In 1996, he was posted aboard HMAS Brisbane for an initial circumnavigation opportunity of Australia. He then went on to complete Principal Warfare Officer Training in HMAS Watson and was subsequently posted west. Following back-to-back sea postings to HMAS Canberra and Adelaide, he was appointed Executive Officer of the HMAS Stirling. It was during this period that he received his call to the ministry. He completed in-service training for chaplaincy with the Australian College College of Theology and the Baptist Theological College of Western Australia in 2007. Dan was ordained in October 2009. He has since served as chaplain on board HMAS ships Cairns, Creswell, Tobruk, Chules, Toowoomba and various Armadale Cape class patrol vessels rounding out a career of over 15 years at sea. He is currently posted at Joint Health Command as the Director of Spiritual Health and Wellbeing. Dan and Mandy recently celebrated 36 years of marriage, and they have two adult sons, Josh and Adam. We also joined once again by Chaplain Grant, who will assist with the discussion. Chaplain, welcome, and thanks for supporting the Cove. What is spirituality? Well, that's a big question, and thanks for having me. It's a delight to be here, and it's a great opportunity to speak on this topic, which is near and dear to my heart. Um, I think the easiest way to, to get around this is to identify that it's about uh, meaning, making sense of things in our life. So it's about being connected to our state of mind, being on um, the place where we work, gives us a sense of belonging and purpose. As I said, I think that uh, in Joint Health Command, they've got a, a brand that says uh, fit, fit to fight, fit to work, and fit for life. Probably should be the other way around, because in order to be fit for life, spirituality is, is a is a major component in that. And if you're if you're doing really well in life, then you're going to be able to work well. And if you're working really well, then you will be available for that fight part instead of focusing on the pointy end. But a lot of people seem to think that spirituality has a lot to do with religion, so it's why you're sitting talking to me. You know? But it has very little to do with religion. Everybody's spiritual. And I think you'll find that there's been a, a real shift recently, especially in the X and Y, Z generations, with respect to spirituality. McCrindle did a report last December and had pointed out that almost like 40% of Y and Z are, are spiritual and looking for a sense of purpose. And they, they see the importance of it, but they just don't know where to go to raise their spirituality or to test it. And I always tell people that uh, there's, a, there's an image that's actually on the, on the internet that's quite, quite clever. It's, a, it's got a fish in water. So as a Navy person, I like this. There's a fish in water and it shows the water and a little fish. And then there's another in the water uh, under the ocean. There's a fishbowl. And in the fishbowl, there's another fish. So the fish in the fishbowl, they're calling that religion. And the fish that's in the water, they're calling that spirituality. And the reason behind that is that I, um, I, I, I say this. In order to become spiritual, some people use religion to find their way. So it's like the scaffolding on the outside of the building. You can take the scaffolding down after you've built your spirituality up or you understand what spirituality is. But once it's discovered in whatever method or faith, whatever way, you know, watching a sunset, however it happens, 
once it's discovered, that moment is never forgotten. And people want to do whatever it is required to get back to that moment and live it again and have it grow. In. So it's a very special component to our lives. Okay. We hear about, uh, we hear a lot about well-being these days. What exactly is it and where does spirituality fit in? Right. Well, I must tell you, I think I get every call in the Southern Hemisphere when somebody says well-being. Oh, he's a director, so he must know all about this. And I think well-being is a bit of a, a naff term, to be honest. It's a bit like the new vegan term, but it's well-being, because well-being really just means good health. And so good health can come through a variety of things. But the spiritual well-being is a different story. So if we're talking about spiritual health and how it fits, the uh, the World Health Organization in uh, 2012 identified that there's four pillars to well-being. There's physical, social, emotional, and spiritual. And they have identified that spiritual really is the heart and soul. It's the engine room of what's required to uh, to lift yourself to that place of well-being. I think in many respects people would say that well-being is like your moral compass. It's your set of values. So everything collected together gives you that well-being. There's a model that is was used probably for the last half of the last century in in, clinici- in clinicians where they use this biopsychosocial model. So they looked at the body and they looked at the mind, the way it was working, and how people worked in the community. And they used that to heal people that had mental health issues, etc. Around 2010, then they brought in the biopsychosocial spiritual model. And the biopsychosocial spiritual model is is really gained a lot of ground recently, which is why, of course, I'm sitting in Joint Health Command as the spiritual person. They really don't know why I'm there yet. They're still working on that, but that's why I'm there. And it's an education process to figure out how we all work together. But I was amused by finding out that um, there, well, I'll, I'll just quote for you from the Bible for you. Not, not that none of this is a Christian podcast, but it works best for me. Jesus said when he was asked by an expert in the law, so a lawyer, what must I do to inherit, inherit eternal life? And so this, this bright young spark stands up uh, and he answers when he's asked what's, what's, written, what's written in the law and how do you read it kind of thing. This lawyer says, he says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, and with all of your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus goes, well, you've answered correctly. That's well done. If you do this, you will live. And I, I, I point that out for two reasons. So you will, he'll say your life will be really good. You'll live a good life if you hold up those things. Of course, it's do all of those things. But those four things are, Soul, mind, strength, and heart, which in the Greek, if you roll it back to the ancient Greek where he was talking, it's body, it's biopsychosocial, spiritual. So 2,000 years ago, Jesus is saying something from even earlier than that, that the biopsychosocial spiritual model is what's required for you to live a good life. <laughs> so, so I sit back and think, well, you know, you guys think you just cracked this in the last 10 years going, hey, spirituality, we'll add that one in. No, you're, you're, science is actually finally catching up with what, and this isn't just alone in Christianity, it's in other other faiths as well. So I'm talking to the one I'm comfortable with, but it comes up in a number of places. So I think that's that's an important part of why well-being, spiritual well-being is important. How could one determine what their present state of spirituality is? Well, I'm glad you asked that, because we've produced a little quick book to hand out to people called uh, Spiritual Well-Being, A Life Well-Lived. And in it, there is like a self-assessment that people can take to help them figure out, am I, am I a spiritual person or not? And as I, as I said earlier, everybody's spiritual. It's just a whether, whether or not you've determined it or whether you know it or not, it's a different story. So there's questions you could ask, like, am I willing to forgive myself or others? 
Uh, do I have a sense of belonging, meaning, and purpose in my life? Do I have a belief system, whether it's spiritual, religious, or atheist, whatever the belief system may be? Do I regularly participate in spiritual activities with people who share my beliefs? And am I open to hearing about others' beliefs? So those kind of questions, and there's a, there's 12 of them you would ask yourself. And if, as you're going through, you go, yes or no, you would get a sort of score when you get to the end, and you get a feel for where you are on that scale of, yeah, I'm a very spiritual person, or, or I'm not. So that's what I recommend. Okay. And there is, there is, sorry, I'll just say, we're, we're familiar with EQ now. That seems to be the more recent, say, last 15 years. And before that, of course, it was IQ. Everybody was into it. But un, unbeknownst to most people, there's an SQ. And you can actually go out and figure out what your spiritual quotient is. And there's many books on it. And many people have heard of it, enagrams and things like that. There's ways to look it up. But there are, they're there, and those things are in the market right now because people want to know, am I spiritual? This is, you know, just a quick... Soldiers Five. If you want to grab grab this book, it's available. All the chaplains have got them. You can just flip through it and find it. You know, are you social enough? Or spiritual enough? Sorry, not social. <laughs> soldiers Five or Sailors Five? Oh, I'll say Soldiers Five because <laughs> sailors don't have five. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, what kind of strategies could one engage to improve their spirituality? Well, I suppose it's um, the simplest one, the one that be accepted by most people. Is just taking the time for. Whether it's meditation, prayer, um, reflection, uh, there's all kinds of uh, very well empirical evidence now to prove that people who take that time, whether it's 5, 10, 15 minutes or whatever, each day, their levels of anxiety are much lower. They're able to cope better with the day, start their day better. And um, that also allows them to have an opportunity to connect with their spirituality. So it depends on what they're using. But you hear that one a lot. So that's one thing that's out there. There's um, a lot of people are now engaging in uh, online courses, colleges, etc., to find out more about spirituality. That, that's easy to find. I would think that uh, finding a place free from distraction, getting yourself into a routine, if you do any kind of CBT or um, cognitive behavioral therapy, you'll find that what is actually normally the first step along the road is helping people put boundaries on their lives and try and just do one thing different each day. And how does that go? You know, just give it a shot. And in that give it a shot part, you know, one of the places you can start is try and find a place that is without distraction, that is your place, that is a place where you can just have that moment of peace. And there's all kinds of stories. I remember reading a story about um, an evangelist's wife from the last century. And then in those days, of course, they had like 12 and 15 kids. So she's got kids running all over the place. But when she would sit at the table and put the dish towel over her head and put her head on the table, everybody knew, leave her alone, quiet. And they, they would back away. Uh, I've heard stories of other people who've got that chair there. When I'm sitting in that chair, no one talks to me. And I, I've seen it worked out with dog, our dog. You know, when we've got kids coming around, he's on his bed. You don't bother him. That's his bed. That's a safe place. You know, so establishing those places where you can have that moment of this is my place. This is my peaceful moment. This is my safe place. This is my quiet time. I think is, is essential to, as, as part of a step towards discovering your spirituality. And there's countless others. And again, they're in the book if you want to popularize the book there you go fantastic all right and lastly from me chaplain um in defense how important is spirituality especially to the warfighter well i'm glad you asked that because there's a lot of work being done in the states on warrior readiness and it's coming up through other nations as well the five eyes are all trying to figure out how do we get a, a better point uh to our you know the old model's not working we need to find out how we bring them bring them to a sharper point and then there's all kinds of movies of people that have 
you know, the climbing climbing hills are holding pails of you know, surviving boot camp or not prisoner of war camps because they've got a faith or a spiritual spirituality to them. So there's a lot of work's been done in this area, and there's a fellow named Harold Corning who's just written a book called Spiritual Readiness, and it's uh, it's in the U.S. military, and its, and it's subtitle is A Neglected Component of Warrior Readiness. So they've collected up the data, and he said, this is a quote from him, history has demonstrated that providing warriors with the most powerful munitions, weaponry platforms, and technology is often not enough to maintain the peace or win wars. They must also have the strength of spirit necessary to accomplish the mission with honor, which will help them not only succeed in winning, but also in avoiding the devastating inner emotional conflicts that may result from doing so. And he, in particular, pointed to current situation in Ukraine versus Russia. And you see all the Russians coming down because they're directed, just go, they're using an old model, I said it, so do it, against the Ukrainians who've got a spiritual sense of belonging, well-being, and they're going, we're not moving. This is, this is part of what we believe in. Their spirituality has held them in their ground. And how many hundreds of, I don't know, how many thousands of Russians have lost? So there's a, an exact example of Perfect what example. spirituality can yeah. make a difference in the warrior's readiness. Dan, uh, how does spirituality uh, underpin ethical decision-making? It's one of those uh, challenging spaces in the battle space. It's becoming increasingly complex. Can spirituality support um, ethical decision-making? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> I would say that, um, you know, your spirituality, uh, depending on where you get it from, is based on your values, your belief system, what is right and what is wrong. When we look at someone who has a moral injury, which I know you'll be looking at later, it's when something's gone cross-grained to what they believe, what their belief system is or what is the right and wrong thing. When I think of ethical decision-making, it is coming to the right answer to a problem that's arisen. You know, there could be two possible answers there, but it's coming to the right answer in that. And I believe spirituality gives you that grounding to be able to say, look, I'm not sure if I can completely explain why I feel this way. I may not have the words to deliver, or I may not have the argument to deliver why I feel this way, but I've got a check in my spirit that tells me this isn't the right thing. So I can't agree with you on this. Give me some time, maybe. So I'm not saying that spiritual people are ethicists. They haven't got that, that structure and that training in the, in the background to deliver it to the, to the commanding officer what they may need. But they could certainly be that person who goes, oh, I'm sorry, in my spirit and the belief system that I have and the things that, I, that I'm attached to, it doesn't fit right with me. Great. Is there any, any other comments you want to say about spirituality, Chairman? Look, I think the, the one thing I would say is I think it's the new undiscovered superpower of its own. I think um, religion has done uh, different faiths, so not Christianity, but there's a lot of faiths and, and religions that, uh, because of the way media is and, and we show everything that's bad these days or sell bad news cells, um, they discount all the good stuff that has been done as a result of religion. So all the hospitals, all of the schools, all of the care that's gone on around the world, that all gets discounted, but we lift up the one or two people that have done something bad. And I think what's what's wrong in that situation is we've got a model that's broken and it's been judged as broken by the community, so we're going to toss it out. Now, there will be some people that hold on to it, like chaplains, etc., but they'll have to rise up something wherein spirituality can grow. Now, whether 
whatever that's called, I'm not sure what it's going to be, but there will be a swing towards an acceptance of spirituality as the norm. And there will be, I believe, people um, becoming very popular and and well-known for their strength in spirituality. And it won't be like in a, a Hollywood fashion. It'll be almost like in a Dalai Lama fashion. Like There's somebody who's very wise, well-connected, and I want to be near them because I understand that you know, the way they work, and I want to be with them to learn more about how they work. And I think that when Jesus first popped up on the scene, he would have been that spiritual person because he wasn't what they wanted. He didn't fit the mold of any of those things. And here we are, two and a half, two thousand years later, and people are still going, I follow that guy. You know, if you could strip his name away and go, how about this product? You'd have the whole world behind him again. You know, but it's just media is taking him out of the running. That's great, Chaplain. Thanks very much. And what a great way to, uh, to to start off this series talking about spirituality. Chaplain, thank you very much for that very valuable information. I'm sure our listeners took a lot from it. And thanks to those listeners who have listened in today. We look forward to the next episode where we will be looking at the Eastern faiths. If you have any questions, we can be contacted at soldiercove at gmail.com. Don't forget to download the Cove app. It's PME in your pocket anywhere, anytime.